Hi, my name is Cecilia Mandrick, and I'm a life coach. I've worked with dozens of high-achieving individuals who feel in control of every aspect of their lives except their own happiness. In this podcast, I'm helping to bring self-proclaimed overachievers the practices, mindset shifts, and actionable steps they need to build more contentment, confidence, and joy in their everyday lives. If you want to create more happiness in your life, relationships, or even just your Mondays, then you're in the right place. Let's get started. Hi, and welcome. I'm Cecilia, the host of this podcast, Happiness Created, and this is episode two. Today, we're exploring the topic of where happiness comes from. I'm so excited that you're here. So before we dive into today's episode and topic, I want to just state one thing that didn't come up. So last episode, we defined happiness. If you didn't listen to that one, it might be helpful just for this whole podcast for context. I didn't mention that happiness is generally considered an emotional state. So it's something you feel. There are some researchers that also consider it a trait, meaning that it's a trait of your personality and that you might have a preset level. And that's okay. We can think of it that way. I'd like to add that I think even if we do have individual preset happiness propensities, I think there's so much about our traits that we can change, way more than we think. And I'm sure that this will come up at a later time. But when we are not attached to how we are, so our individual personalities, we give ourselves the latitude to shift and change. So those preset levels can shift and change, and they don't maybe matter as much as we might give them credit for. So without going on too much of a tangent and circling back around, happiness is an emotion. It can be fleeting or long-lasting, as we mentioned in the last episode, but it's an emotional state that we can be in for short or long periods of time. Some of the topics we're covering are about how to extend the state of contentment and happiness in your life over the course of this podcast in general. Back to the topic at hand, where does happiness and other emotional states come from? So raise your hand or nod along if you're taught that outside circumstances determine how you feel. The teaching might have sounded a little more like, that ice cream made you happy. What so-and-so said made you sad. Your partner can make you feel loved. Or thoughts like, I would be less annoyed if the person beside me would stop chewing so loudly. If my coworkers stopped doing that thing, my day would be better. If that person only drove faster, I could be happy. If my kids stopped throwing tantrums, I could feel calm. Does any of that sound familiar? Yeah, I know. It did for me, too. I definitely was taught that my feelings were caused by outside people, by outside circumstances, how the world is in general. It's very ubiquitous in our society and in our world. This belief that how we feel is dictated by and at the whim of what others do and what's happening. It's pretty disempowering if you think about it, really. And what we're doing here and what we've been taught to do is give away power over how we feel to other people and what's happening in the world around us. It means that we can only have a good day if things go our way, and that we have a bad day if things don't go our way. This is a really tricky belief because it means that we're trying to control other people and the world around us all the time so that we can feel happy, loved, safe, successful, included. Insert really any emotion that you want to hear that feels nice and that we don't have to feel sad, disappointed, scared, alone, anxious, and on and on. So we spend all of this effort trying to control the people around us so that we can feel certain ways. When in reality, or in this reality, someone does or says something or something happens in the world and you feel a certain way. It's this two-step process. 
I want to challenge that. I want to suggest there's a third, often very quick, often subconscious step that happens. So between someone doing something and the way you feel, there's this really quick step that you have a thought about what they did or what they said or what happened in the world. And that very quick, often unnoticeable thought is what creates the feeling in your body. I'm going to say that again. So often we think that something happens, someone does something, they say something, there's a thing that happens in the world, and then we feel a certain way. So we attribute how we feel to them. When in reality, what's happening is something happens out in the world, someone does or says something, and we have a thought about it, and that's what creates the feeling in our body. That creates how we feel. How does that landing? How does that feel to you? To go back to the childhood example, so-and-so isn't hurting your feelings, you are. The thought you're having about what so-and-so said is hurting your feelings. Maybe you believe that it's true. This can feel heavy, maybe even like, I want to turn this off, or it can be really liberating. If you're the one hurting your feelings, you can also stop hurting your feelings. And while changing our beliefs and thoughts can be really challenging, it's so much easier and has such a higher success rate than trying to control others in the world around us. I don't know how successful you've been controlling others around you. I've tried really hard for a really long time, and I've never been very successful. I can do it a little bit, right? I can kind of get people to do or say things I want to. But it doesn't last very long, and they always revert. And I've never really been able to control the things around me. So controlling my own beliefs, my own thoughts, what I tell myself, has been much more successful at creating emotional states. I want to give a kind of silly example, and I love this one so much. If you think about your favorite meal, so let's say your most favorite meal in the entire world is macaroni and cheese, and there's a person in your life who maybe it's a friend, maybe it's a parent, maybe it's a partner, and they want to do something nice for you. So they make you macaroni and cheese. This situation, making you macaroni and cheese, is totally neutral, and you can have different thoughts about it that create different feelings. So you could come home from your day, no matter where it is or what you were doing, and you could think, Wow, they love me so much, and I'm so excited to eat macaroni and cheese. You could feel loved, you could feel seen, you could feel safe and held because they created this childhood dish. Maybe you'd had a hard day, somehow they knew this, and you feel just great. Or they could say, I made you macaroni and cheese, and maybe you've recently decided to cut out dairy from your life or gluten, and you could think, how dare they? Weren't they listening to me yesterday when I said that I'm not eating this anymore? They must not love or care for me at all. And then you feel unseen, you feel unsafe, you feel unloved. You feel like there's been maybe even a breach in the relationship. I think this is really nice because it illustrates how this one sort of someone else doing something, they thought it was nice. We have a thought about it depending on where we are, what's happening in our life, and that determines how we feel. It has nothing to do with whether they made the macaroni and cheese or not. I also want to say that I didn't come up with this idea. This idea is maybe codified by the Stoics and probably non-Western people before them, but the Stoics are what I'm most familiar with. This is the idea that how people behave and what happens in the world is effectively neutral, and it's our thoughts about that circumstance or person that causes suffering or happiness or joy. You're angry at the person driving slowly in the left lane, not because they're behaving badly, but because it's your thought and belief that they should behave differently. I'm going to pause. Just think about that for a minute. It has nothing to do with how they're behaving. It has everything to do with the fact that you think they should be behaving in a different way. This brings up struggling against reality, 
which I'll save for another episode. But the basic principle here is that we are entirely responsible for creating our emotional states. We're responsible for our emotional well-being. So your emotional well-being is your responsibility and your responsibility alone. It's not the responsibility of your children, of your partner, of the people you work with, of your friends. It is your responsibility. One caveat is that there's also an element of brain chemistry to this, to how you feel on a day-to-day basis. This is sort of like the predisposed genetic traits that I mentioned above. It impacts things like anxiety, depression, perhaps happiness, positivity. So those, that brain chemistry, it's harder for us to impact, at least directly with how we're thinking and believing. But it's important to remember that brain chemistry is one component and beliefs and thoughts the other component. And that component we can change and we are responsible for. This concept can easily go the way of spiritually bypassing oneself or others or slide into high vibe building. And that is most certainly not what I'm talking about. This podcast is not about high vibe living. It's not about bypassing. It's about being honest with yourself. And it's about self-study. It's about self-awareness. So I am not talking about that. We'll cover why feeling our feelings, all of them, the negatives, the positives, they're really all neutral but we kind of have thoughts about them too, is important for nervous system health and happiness in another episode. So just keep that in mind. I'm not telling you just to slap some positive thinking on and make yourself feel better. So if we go back to thinking where happiness comes from and our emotional states and us being responsible for our emotional states, you have the chance to take yourself to a place of empowerment here. When you own your emotional state, you get to understand what created it what created where you are, and you can work towards shifting that. And I feel like that's so powerful. All of a sudden, our happiness isn't this esoteric thing that's outside of us. It's something that we get to create from inside of us. It's something that we have responsibility over, that we have agency over, that we get to do something about. It's not at the whim of the world. Your happiness comes from you. So to answer the question we started with, where does happiness come from? It comes from your own thoughts. It comes from your beliefs about yourself, about the world around you, about how people are supposed to be behaving or are behaving. You have something like 60,000 thoughts over the course of a day. And I don't know how long you're alive, but you can multiply that and think about how many thoughts you've had over the life that you've been living. And those thoughts and beliefs are what create your emotional state. So just today, what are the thoughts you've had that create how you feel? Start to consider that. We're getting close to the end of the episode, which means I'm about to hand this over to you in your life. But before you do that, I also want to make a note that happiness isn't a goal of our primitive brain. Our primitive brain wants us to survive, stay safe, reproduce, stay part of their clan. That's its main goal in life. Don't get eaten, have babies. Many of us have learned that survival comes from pleasing other people, and so we've been trained to look outside of ourselves in so many ways. This process of creating happiness and understanding your thoughts can undo this training in really amazing ways. It can undo people-pleasing and imposter syndromes. It can undo that feeling of never belonging. But it takes time, it takes effort, and it's possible. So where can you start or how to start this process? The most basic place, and it's simple but perhaps not easy, is to become aware of the thoughts that you have that lead to different emotional states. If you feel judged during the day, What thought did your brain offer to create that feeling? If you feel frustrated or annoyed, what story is preceding those feelings? If you feel happy or joyful, 
Can you pinpoint what you're telling yourself to create those feelings? What story is happening? What beliefs are showing up in your brain? If you'd like to write, you could pick a topic or just free write and see what thoughts are swimming around in your head when you're feeling a particular way. As I mentioned before, this work is largely the work of self-study or self-awareness. It's getting to know yourself. It's getting really curious and compassionate curiosity, so non-judgmental curiosity about why am I feeling a certain way? What thinking, what belief system is in my brain that's making me feel this way? Why do I always feel judged when that person shows up and says that thing? What's the backstory to that? Can I untangle it? Can I see what's there for me? It's totally normal if this is hard at first. Don't worry. You're human, and this is a whole new way of thinking or looking at your thoughts and your emotions. That's why so many people work with coaches or counselors or guides and why it can be so helpful. But you can do this yourself too. You just need to keep asking, keep getting curious, keep showing up with compassion. What's the story you're telling yourself? What's the story that's leading to how you're feeling? That's it for today. I hope this was helpful or at least thought-provoking, and I can't wait to continue this work with you. Thanks for coming. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you're looking for another way to bring a little bit of joy into your life, I have just the thing for you. My Feel Your Feelings mini course is designed to help you develop emotional literacy and increase your emotional resilience. It's totally free and available for you by going to Cecilia, that's C-E-C-E-L-I-A-B Mandrick, M-A-N-D-R-Y-K dot com forward slash free training. I just know you're going to love it. We'll see you back here next week on Happiness Created. See you then. Here's a quick reminder to follow this podcast so you can get your weekly dose of happy delivered right to the top of your favorite podcast app. All you need to do is open the Apple Podcast or Spotify app on your phone, search for Happiness Created, click on the show, and hit the little plus sign or follow button in the upper right corner. I'll meet you back here next week.